I'm, I'm infamously quoted, I guess, for saying everything works a little, nothing works a lot. And, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we can find success in everything. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our Take Action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more. We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. Take action on that today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already subscribed and while you're there, drop us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is Justin Brock. Justin is the founder of Medicare Con as well as the owner and CEO of Go Guru and Bobby Brock Insurance with a decade of massive action and intention in this industry, he has made an awesome impact on both the beneficiary and agent communities. Justin, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. Justin, man, excited to have you on the show. We were just out at your conference and we were talking about this before we came on. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. And the growth that you've had in the attendees to your conference um, was incredible. Now, to give the audience an idea, I mean, we're, we go to, what, 80 conferences yeah. a year yeah. as yeah. a company. Yeah. We'll so year, yeah. we know the conference scene. We know We've good seen. shows <laughs> and bad shows. And you have a great show. And I think that's a testament to you as a business person, your acumen and marketing and most importantly, your acumen in delivering value. Mm. So would love to have you just introduce yourself kind of to the audience, share a little bit of how you got into insurance, what made you start the conference even? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we started out started out getting out of the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps for eight years and uh, was just trying to replace my income in the insurance world. My dad was an insurance agent and I'd, I'd seen him go from you know, struggling poverty as a kid to be kind of entering that middle class. And, you know, and so that was the goal really was just like get into a middle class world where I'm not having to worry about, you know, poverty and struggling. Um, but, you know, getting into this industry, there, there's, it's the sky's the limit type of industry. And, and it kind of unlocked a little bit of like, wow, for the first time in my life, the harder I work, the more, I prosper mm -hmm. and there's a lot of reward it, and, and those rewards have changed over time. But, you know, early it was how many people can we help with Medicare and health insurance? And as those niches started to kind of expand horizontally, um, you know, we were able to help people with different things, the affordable care act, life insurance, whatever. Um, and then eventually um, in 2000, around the end of 2017, I was having a lot of success with uh, Facebook ads and, um, just tremendous amounts of success, you know, to the point of like, never, never realized, I remember my dad, you know, who was like kind of an old school, um, you know, uh, calling out of the phone book when it was legal, uh, showing up to people's houses and, and, and did well doing that. But I remember one week in, uh, AEP of 2017, I wrote 72 policies myself in, in a week and he, um, 
he was just like, because he kept telling me, oh, that won't work, that won't work, that won't work. Uh, and eventually he was like, okay, apparently I don't know anything about the industry anymore. You're now the expert. So, <laughs> uh, and so we kept, you know, persisting through that. And I, I used to listen to guys like, um, and I still, still do, you know, maybe past needing the advice, but they're, you know, a little guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> that little guy. guy. It used to say, you know, just document things and put it out there. I think Russell Brunson would talk about it too, like just yep. document it without like worrying about what the end goal was. So we were having so much success and I started participating in, you know, online forums for fun and to learn. And um, it, it became clear that uh, we had information that people could use. So hmm. we started a Facebook group, uh, which has changed names a couple of times and now it's called Medicare Monsters. Oh, nice. And just a free Facebook group, but it's got almost 12,000 agents in it now. And it, it wow. started um, with the intention of just sharing and building community. And then we started kind of making some, I started making some pretty low budget uh, YouTube videos for a while. And people just started watching and reaching out and thanking us for things. And we, we had nothing to sell. Um, we were just, you know, building that community. And then over time, as it evolved, you know, we started figuring out, you know, how can we help these people, but also be able to turn this into more of a business? And I, I, did, I wanted to be different as far as I didn't want to be a marketing agency. I didn't want to sell leads. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to figure out what, you know, kind of like you guys, you have a product, you have a service that's very defined and, and niche. Um, you know, and so we, we created a, a couple of things that helped out people, but MedicareCon actually came out of that. It started with, uh, we were calling it the Medicare Gurus Mastermind. Medicare Gurus is trademarked by somebody else. So eventually we trademarked Medicare Con and started going with, with that. But um, it was meant to be a small event. And it's turned into a pretty big event because the appetite for an agent focused, you know, event in the Medicare and health insurance space is, is big. Um, there are some other events um, that are, you know, good events, but just maybe not as focused. The subject matter is not as focused on the, the intermediate agent and, and smaller agency owner. Yep. Um, and, and that's what we, that's what we wanted to focus on. You know, we, we, that's who we were, you know, we saw a lot of success. We, we went from, um, you know, in 10 years, we've, we're on pace for 15 million in gross revenue this year as a business. Jeez, and that's um, amazing, man. We've done that just focusing on adding value where we can looking at it. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Took a lot of massive action, you know, didn't, uh, worked a lot of 80, 90 hour work weeks and things, but, um, but you know, it's been adding value and, and trying to be, you know, a people of our word and, and, and really standing beside behind it to do the right thing. And, and, and both in the consumer space and the agent space, um, and so anyway, it's blossomed, man, the, the, this year's Medicare con was really humbling because Medicare con itself isn't great because of us. You know, we try to, we try every year as a production or, you know, by the subject matter, we bring to the table, the people we get involved, the sponsors, we get involved to earn, you know, the, the, the confidence that people who attend are giving us. Um, but it's really good because of the type of people we're getting. We're getting good agents. And I think that you guys could see that. Like the the sponsors were all floored at the quality of the individual. It was attendee. incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. I know Andrew, our uh, VP of corporate sales, who is everywhere on the road, was just raving about it. And then he took a newer rep 
out there, Nyuma, who's a beast in of herself, but she was just ecstatic through the moon. Um, yeah. I think they even signed up like 65 new accounts out there, which for us at a show is phenomenal. 65 new people coming on as clients is unbelievable. And that's, and that's what we want because when we pick our sponsors too, we're thinking who are sponsors that are going to add value to these people. We don't like there's, there are sponsors we turn away, you know, because we don't want, it's not because they compete with us. There are sponsors we allow there that compete with our business. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's about for us. It's not, we don't build it so we could recruit everybody. As a matter of fact, we can't help all those people as our, our business, but Medicare con can help facilitate, you know, the right people in the room where there's somebody there for everybody. And I'm glad you guys did that because I know that as a service, you're going to help those agents and those agencies retain more clients, get more referrals, mm-hmm. um, and just grow a, a strong, real business. You know, it's interesting because uh, I hear three things um, when I'm listening to you talk. One is is leading with value and not trying to yep. sell anything, right? And it, it's yep. like you always do sell something when you lead with value, right? Because that's what naturally happens. It's reciprocity. When you give, 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 people just can't help but wanting to give back. And so that right. leading with value is absolutely critical. And then I'm seeing also this idea of just uh, community, like from Mm -hmm. you. It's like when you create community, it's what's interesting. Josh and I just interviewed a real estate agent earlier today, Um, obviously different industry, but she does a client event every month. And the more and more I think about her client event every month where she's getting people together, really what she's doing is she's creating a community of people that just come to support each other, to come to give to each other, come to give back. And it creates almost this buzz around what's yeah. happening, which is unbelievable. And then, you know, third that I kind of see in what you're doing is that the opportunity is in front of you and you just move on it. Like you just like, yeah. like you started the Facebook group, not with this massive goal, we're going to build a $15 million business. You just, hey, people are asking us for it. Let's do it. You start the conference. I mean, I'm sure you had goals. I'm not discrediting that you probably had some goals when you did it, but you just kind of just took action and just kept going and moving and moving. And I think those are three huge lessons people can take away just from the little bit you've shared. Yeah, I think with with, with taking action too, you know, uh, un- unfortunately, you know, when we do share a lot of information, um, one of the, the things I wish I could change the most is, you know, the, how much people think I had a, I had a neighbor that used to tell my wife that if he could, uh, he, he's, what did he say? Something like, if I could, if, if, if there was one thing I could, I wish I could give you, my wife's name is Tempest, Tempest he said, Tempest, it's uh, a little bit of my don't give a meter, you know, or, and, and what he meant was like, just stop caring so much about what somebody thinks or, you know, all these different variables that people are focused on. And, and we see that in, you know, a lot of agents, um, when we're talking to them is they're focused, they're, they're like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. But what about this? But what about that? But what about that? And it's like, you know, like I was just saying, when I created that group and we started producing content, there was no business. I had a business that was paying our bills. That was more than paying our bills. It was flourishing. And I thought, let's document this because I listened to somebody who had this idea you know, they were giving this idea freely. It wasn't a sold idea. And, you know, they know what they're talking about, you know, and, and it made sense to me. I mean, there, there were some, you know, since sensically I was thinking, okay, if I put out value for free for a long time, then I'm going to muffle out everyone that's trying to sell value. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and so we did that. And then when you give away so much value, like you said, the law of reciprocity is people want to do business with you because they want to figure out a way to give back. There are times where people told me, hey, I bought your book just because you've never sold me anything. And I don't even think I've read the book. That's but so cool. I wanted to buy something from you, you know, and so that's kind of cool. It's like the Hermoses right now. Layla Hermosi, Alex yeah. Hermosi, everybody's right. Yeah. That And the, the same Alex, theme, yeah, right? Yeah, so do I. It's this incredible content, but it's because they're just giving away everything. They're just giving away all the content for free, not wanting to sell anything. That really was his tagline, but he took that out because he said, well, technically I am trying to invest in. What was his tagline? um, He was like, I don't have anything to sell you. My name's Alex Ramosi. I've built over whatever, a hundred million dollars business and I don't have anything to sell you. And then he go into his content, but it is, it is powerful, but people don't live there because they get commission breath and because they are searching for their next deal. And they don't realize that, man, you can do, both. You can search for your next deal and do your prospecting and then just give all day. And you'll realize the giving all day, maybe in the short term, doesn't win against the prospecting, the, you know, cold calling and all that stuff. But in the long term, it will way outproduce the, the chasing of the lead. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, we're consistently trying to, you know, give away things in our community too. Like even on the consumer front, you know, we did a big thing in uh, December where we did a a Christmas food drive and we spent $60,000 getting, you know, getting uh, food boxes together to give away to people and it's wow. not just customers, just people. And, you know, I mean, and this is not like me saying like we're, uh, we're out there, um, you know, being philanthropists because their law of reciprocity in the community was that people gave us, you know, back a uh, tremendous amount of value because they, they, even the media started coming out and trying to cover the stuff we were doing. Right. So, uh, it, it's people want to give back, you know, when, when you're out there doing good. So yeah. we've, we do that on the consumer and the agent front on the agent front. It's easier because there's just such a thirst for information and it's driven, you know, some of the digital metrics of it is it's, it's driven YouTube watch time because agents will sit there and mm-hmm. watch you know, long form videos where you're giving stuff away. And so I try to explain to newer agents in, in when they're advertising to consumers that there is value in things past the the sale or even before the sale like there's value in an email there's value in a video viewer there's value in the person that watches you and never buys anything like it doesn't have to just be how do i get my next buyer and there's this timetable of like people who are going to convert in the next year and i'm sure you guys have seen this but it's like like of the people that are going to convert on your product in the next year three percent of them are ready to go right now and the other 97% is spread out over some of them are in the next, in the first one to three months, you know, some of them are the next three to six and the majority of them are in that last six to 12 somewhere, but everybody's trying to advertise that 3% of people that need my product yep. and are trying to convert it right now. And what they don't read is of that 3% too, I've been advertising to them for years. So now you're competing against the guy that didn't just try to advertise to them yesterday. He's been there, you know, putting so the well said out there. So that's if you can think about businesses long term and surviving, you know, a long period of time. And I get it; it's hard. You have to eat day one somehow. Um, but if you're not trying to treat any of these businesses, whether it's real estate or insurance or Medicare or whatever, um, any anytime you're trying to treat them as a, I'm, I'm trying to get to six figures or seven figures as fast as possible. You know, those are the people that burn out. I think you know because they they don't have the 
they're not having that thought. Thankfully, my initial goal was to make $60,000 a year. So I was getting out of the Marine Corps. I was a sergeant. I had health insurance paid for. I had a wife and two kids. And I had done the math in my head that if I could make $60,000 a year in insurance, then I could replace what I had in mine. Now, I do way better than that now. But because my goal was to make $60,000, I was able to hit that. And I didn't have this like such a thirst to get rich quick. It's mm-hmm. sometimes the, the the kids that come into it. And I don't mean to demean kids like, and I was 26 when I did it. And, you know, you get now you get guys, you're 21, 22 coming in and they're mesmerized by the, you know, the Rolexes yep. and the, the, the fancy cars and the, all that stuff. And they don't realize like I didn't buy a Rolex till I was doing it for nine years and was, you know, making a million dollars a year and never even thought I'd have a Rolex in my life. It, I didn't enter it for that. But when you enter it for that, I think it can actually weaken your resolve to be able to stand the test of time. Insurance agents, we know you're all about managing risk, but let's face it, buying new leads is a risky move because most of them don't convert. What if there was a way to decrease your risk and get more bang for your buck? Tap into the referral generating power of consistent, high quality touch points by sending your clients a personally branded magazine. We'll send it to your clients every two months, keeping you top of mind and boosting referrals. According to a survey, 84% of recipients said they're likely to refer the agent who sent them a magazine. So let's help you increase your referral rate and become unforgettable in your client's eyes. To see a sample for yourself, visit ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidInsurance. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidInsurance. Take action on this today. Let's talk about the, because you mentioned advertising, you know, and how you're staying in front of uh, people that might be uh, using your services. What are you seeing in the marketing space? Like, are you still running Facebook ads? Is there anything, uh, other type of advertising that you're consistently running? So I'm I'm famous I'm I'm infamously quoted I guess for saying everything works a little nothing works a lot and um, and what I mean by that is you know, you know we we can find success in everything mm-hmm. it, you have to stay stay the course now in the pursuit of a long term you know advertising model or a long term advertising strategy you'll find honey holes like you do um, like early on I was having. It, success so good with Facebook if I realized how good it was in the school. <laughs> yeah, you should have dumped so much more. <laughs> exactly. I would have taken loans out. I would have been like hiring people from the like homeless people to come in. And <laughs> we didn't know how good it actually was back then. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. But you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, and thankfully, you know, over it helped me get enough revenue to be able to afford what a, a true outlook on advertising was. And that was that if you stand the, the test of time, you'll be getting so much business from advertising you did, you know, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, um, that it'll make up for the fact that your immediate return on advertising isn't adequate. Mm. Uh, and so I guess it, I don't mean that to be a like disheartening thing. I think it's supposed to be, you know, um, a realistic look at it. And, and I don't I don't want to discourage someone for trying to find something that works better than other things. But right now we're using broadcast television. We're using OTT television. We're using Facebook ads, which work extremely well. And, and to be honest, I took a two year break from Facebook ads because I thought they sucked so bad. Hmm. But now they're working really well. So OTT for everyone, that's like um, on the streaming platforms. So you're yeah. actually displaying the ads on when you watch like Tubi. 
or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. We'll do 55 to 70 um, on there and we'll advertise health insurance and Medicare. Um, if they'd let me target 64 year olds, I'd probably do that. But uh, most of them aren't, aren't, uh, aren't that sophisticated in their targeting, but it's better than broadcast or cable TV where you're getting everybody. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and you can do certain interest targeting. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but like nearing retirement or planning for retirement or things like that. Um, as far as, uh, Facebook, we don't get very interest targeting. You know, we, we, you know, we'll do health insurance from 26 to 64, and then we'll advertise to 64 year olds. And then it'll be to do 65 plus ad sets. Um, but then we, we do direct mail. Now, one thing we do is every one of these things that we're doing, we try to do in the same geo area to overlap. Okay. Uh, so if my budget is not set up for the entire country to overlap on multiple platforms, then I'm not going to do the entire country or the entire state. I like to use DMAs because we started off with broadcast television. So broadcast television uses like designated marketing areas. And so I took my designated marketing area and, and um, as a disclaimer, broadcast television is not for everybody. Like, it, you know, it may not be for anybody watching, but it, it worked out well for us in the beginning. And so if I took that broadcast television DMA where I'd built a brand and it's just like a subset of counties glued together. It's, if you looked at my DMA, it's a very, oblong shape you know it even tiptoes into alabama and uh, and some nearby areas but when we advertise now facebook has those dmas plugged into it mm -hmm. as as areas you can target so i'm targeting that exact overlap i'm pulling those exact counties for data that we're mailing to um, but we're putting all that in the same area so that every time there's that overlapping brand um, or message or picture of me you know if if i keep using me in it but all of that is compounding brand equity to me. Yep. Um, and and that, I'm a big believer in that. You know, I'm uh, and and I would say it's not even something someone should believe in. It's just real. You know, I mean, and, and Alex Formosi is one that um, I heard him talk about it one time in a, a YouTube. It's like probably one of the first times I ever heard him. He was talking about the biggest brands in the world do zero conversion marketing. They do Z. It's all brand, you know, yep. and not that you can do that right away. You have to convert and you got to make money. But, you know, as you mature in your brand, everything should be focused on educating, entertaining and branding. Like, you know, in my opinion. No, I would agree. I think the saying is like, if you want to get rich, you do direct response conversion marketing. If you want to get wealthy, you build a brand. Right. Louis That's Vuitton, Nike, Apple, Microsoft. You know, yeah. they are running conversion marketing. It's not like they don't do any, but the majority of what right. they do is exactly. brand-based brand marketing. Um, and this is really important for like insurance, real estate, financial, because the reason why I always tell people is because it's a trust-based business. And mm -hmm. people want to trust an insurance agent they're going to do business with, a you know, a real estate agent, a financial advisor. That trust comes from the brand. The brand is how they see you, what they say about you. And that is usually what you have said to them. One key fact is you have a brand whether you think so or not. Like your brand is, is going to be there whether you control it or not. People have a, an opinion about you. So your best bet is to control it. And what you're saying about getting out on multiple frequencies is so key. We've shared it before on the podcast. Jason Pantana we had on. He's kind of a marketing guru in the real estate space mainly, but he talks about marketing as a whole. And he talks about uh, the frequency illusion. 
And the frequency illusion is basically when you advertise on multiple different mediums. So print is a medium, uh, TV is a medium, uh, social media ads is a medium. They're all different mediums. If a consumer sees you in multiple places, they think they see you more than they do. So it actually, there's a compound effect in psychology and the frequency illusion that they think they see you more than they do because they saw you on two different mediums and now they think they see you everywhere. I've had people... We've, we've had tons of people that'll come in and they'll say, uh, I saw your ad in the newspaper. We don't advertise. <laughs> or we've heard it before. We've, we've heard you on the radio. Yeah. Advertise on the radio. But because we're on TV, direct mail, yep. Facebook, and then we're doing some display retargeting, when you're in all those, it's like every medium we're not in, people, some people still assume they saw us there because they're thinking, where did I see him? Well, I was reading the newspaper. It was a newspaper, you know, but uh, yeah, that is, is so true. And, you know, we used to refer to it as, and this is just, it never took off, but we'd, we'd refer to it as the crosshairs of marketing. It's like mm-hmm. to really get in the crosshairs of marketing, you needed to be seen in two different locations. Some people advertise that you need to, or perpetuate the idea, I guess, that you need to be seen multiple times. But like to his point and to your point, I think that being seen once on two different mediums is probably more powerful than being seen it five is. times on the same medium. Yep, it is because you can tune out the same medium pretty easy. Like the brain just does it. Um, it also, I would tell people, it's like you got to realize like the rule of convenience because if you think about like Amazon, why do we love Amazon so much? Everybody knows it's because of convenience. Whether it's convenience yeah. and it's a little bit more cost effective or more likely convenience of how quick you can get on there, find what you need, purchase it, and it be delivered to you. If you apply that same psychology to like the consumer, the convenience of picking the person that pops into their mind, the first and going with them is so much easier than having to research four or five, it's kind of just look at Google searches, 90%, right? Of all searches are like the top three links. It's like, people are going to, they're lazy. People are going to go with the first thing they see. So it's like, why do you need to market on two different platforms? Why do you need to build a brand to be frequent? Because it's all about convenience. If you can be first in the mind of the consumer, the consumer is naturally lazy. They're going to go with the first person they think of like 76% of the time, I think is what the stats are. So it makes so much sense. I can pile onto that. The number, the number one objection I get to telling people to spend money on marketing is which is an idea I perpetuate heavily is learning marketing, understanding your marketing, partner with partners that can help you with your marketing, but not take over the strategy or the concept because you need to know it and you need to spend money on it. The number one objection I get is people have been around for a while and say, well, I've built a referral based business. And I kind of think it's funny because they're acting like we don't get referrals. We get a (laughs) shitload of referrals, but I bet if I'm advertising in a market and you're not, and we both get a referral, you know, if, if we both got a hundred referrals, I'm going to convert significantly more of those referrals because when they say you should call Justin Brock and they've seen me on three other mediums or two other mediums, they're going to remember that name because they already remembered it. Now they got a referral that brought it to life. Spot said, hey, he's not just an advertiser. He's somebody that I know, somebody that uses him, and he's on on TV or he's on wherever. Now, when they go to convert, they'll Google me, which we do a pretty good job at that too. So I pop up, and then they'll have my phone number. The other guy, his name is Tom Jones. They say you should. Well, not Tom Jones. They'd remember that. Let's say. (laughs) 
Tim, Tim O'Hallahan or whatever. They said, you call Tim O'Hallahan. Tim O'Hallahan, Tim O'Hallahan. Okay, later on, they're like, who the hell did they tell me to call? Because they've never heard his name before, right? And they don't know. So, hell, even if it was Tom Jones, they might think, they might think, was it Tom Brokaw? Was it, you know, and they're starting yeah. to change the name. I'm telling people, even if you have a referral-based business, if you're advertising, your referrals will convert more often. And so, you'll get people that aren't just for referrals. Yeah, so good, man. It's spot on. It's I always tell people, activity makes consumers think productivity. So if people see you active, you could be the worst agent in the world, but if you're the most active, they actually think you're probably killing it. Oh, I see you everywhere. You're doing great. And it's like, I haven't sold a home or I haven't sold a policy, but they see you like activity in the mind of consumer. They think productivity and product people want to work with people who that they think are producing. They think they want to work with people that they look up to, that they think are, wow, really active, that they think are impressive. So exactly what you're saying, like tap into that being out there and being active makes people think productivity versus the Tom O'Holland. He's Irish. Uh, <laughs> so my, my wife was reading a study to me one day or, or kind of the highlights of it. And it was this like Stanford study on employees that get raises or recognition the most. And it turns out the number one trait for them to, to get a raise or to get noticed or get raises or get recognition um, is that they, tell their boss or their superiors what they're doing all the time. <laughs> and, and I thought it's so funny because it's the same, it goes along with the same thing. It's, it's, it's activity. It's the perception of prosperity or that they're actually adding value. And um, it's not that they're not, but like I've had employees that like it give you play by plays after the fact all the time. And I do in my head think, wow, you're really getting a lot done. Meanwhile, <laughs> I know there's employees that don't bother me at all, don't take any of my time and get just as much or more done, you know, but you're not, you just don't think about it because they're doing it in the shadows. And, um, you know, not well, that that's great, but to your same point, like if if there's activity and you know there's activity, you see it and they're perpetuating it, then you yeah. assume that they're being productive. It, Thanks for the tip, Justin. Luke, yeah, you're going to be getting uh, minute by minute. <laughs> yeah, you're going to take this is, what I, this is what I did today. The squeaky wheel gets, gets the, the grease. grease. There's a reason why that <laughs> saying is true. <laughs> That's true. Justin, man. I, I need to, I get half of your next raise. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you've got Medicare con coming up next year. You got a special early bird offer for everybody. Uh, let them know about that and then how they can connect with you. Yeah. So, uh, 2024.medicarecon.com is a little subdomain. We're re rebuilding medicarecon.com out for, uh, next year. But 2024.medicarecon.com, you can check out with coupon code EARLYBIRD2024, and that'll get you 30% off. It's the biggest discount we'll give away. Nobody else will have a, a bigger association discount or anything like that. Um, and we're really trying to drive people to get in there and reserve that because um, it's going to be an awesome year. We learned a lot in Vegas this year. It was a great event, but you know it was our first time in Vegas, first one of that size, and now we know how to make it even better. So um, very excited about it. And yeah, to get in touch with us, super easy. You can go through justinbrock.com. Uh, you can go, uh, you know, through medicarecon.com. There are ways through there. Or you can just email us at info at justinbrock.com. Awesome. Love to reach out and talk to you. Also join the Medicare Monsters Facebook group. It's a great, great group if you're uh, in the Medicare or even like the ACA or health insurance space. 
Great. That's awesome. Thank you again. Thank you all for listening. You can get all of those links that Justin mentioned, as well as that special offer uh, over at staypaidpodcast.com. We'll have the post with the show notes and the video and all of those links there at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to share your support, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is to simply share this episode with a friend or share it on your social media. If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, we're on Instagram as well. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree. Justin, thank you so much, man. Awesome talking to you. A lot of golden nuggets there. Here's my action item for people listening to this, right? You're hearing someone who's very, very successful in the insurance space has now built a successful conference, right? And it's all been about just giving value, not trying to really sell people, even though that's ultimately what you get. You get the reciprocity that takes place. My challenge to you today that you can 100% take action on is pick five people in your database today, and how do you give them value? And you could give them value by simply just reaching out and letting them know that you were thinking about them and that you appreciate them and you appreciate their friendship. That's one easy way that you can give value. But what can you do to your database today? Pick five people, send them a text message, a video message, thank them for being in your sphere, for being a friend. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers is top producers take action. Take action on that today.